Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to another special emergency holy sheep dip edition of the Andy Staples show. This is uh this is becoming a very common thing, guys, in the world of college sports. Uh, surely not Kyle, one of our YouTube viewers. Please make this make sense. What are we talking about? Well, unless you've been living under a rock for the last hour or so, USC and UCLA are in talks to join the Big Ten. I've got Scott Docterman, who covers Iowa and the Big Ten for us at The Athletic. I've got Ari Wasserman here. He's been out at Elite 11 with some... Uh, I guess future Big Ten quarterbacks, <laughs> and this is a uh, this is wild, guys. I mean, when Texas and Oklahoma decided to move to the SEC, it was one of those. I thought, okay, we said Texas was never going to join the SEC, and then it happened. Everything else felt on the table after that. I even wrote that the Big Ten should should raid the Pac-12. I wrote that last July, and here we are. Scott, you you have your ear to the ground better than almost anyone in Big Ten country. What's been going on today to kind of send some tremors out? I guess uh, when you look at what, you know, I know, first of all, that this is probably going to be announced potentially by the end of the day. And I do know that there are some press releases being written. It's just a matter of being sent out. Uh, The tremors are that now – Everybody who is not in either the SEC or Big Ten is looking for a way to get into the SEC or Big Ten or create something of more stability. Um, I remember what you wrote last year, um, Andy, and, and, you know, it's it's really crazy when you think about it that, you know, there are still more properties in the Pac-12 that are in that same category, meaning Oregon, Washington. There are a couple of others. I, I was surprised, frankly, that UCLA... USC would leave without Cal and Stanford because they've been kind of locked in arms for so long. Um, and then what does this mean for the big 12? Are they going to go after the Arizona schools? Re- Colorado rejoin Utah uh, Would Utah and BYU be in the same conference. And then you look at uh, the biggest property of them all, Notre Dame. Well, this yeah. push Notre Dame into a league where Notre Dame USC could end up being a conference game. Um, I think we, we that's, Fair game for speculation. And then Clemson, uh, North Carolina, Virginia, Florida State, you know, do they look, do they push their way out of the uh, the ACC? Do they implode the whole league? This is really a fascinating development. This, this feels like this has more tentacles than what happened last year. Like this is, this is the, this feels like the truly seismic event here because it does affect everybody Texas and Oklahoma moving to the SEC didn't necessarily make anybody in the ACC make a decision. Mm-hmm. And we don't know about that ACC grant rights. It's, it's, their TV contract goes till June 
30th, 2036. And allegedly, they're locked into that. But what if they disbanded the league? What if what if half the league or more than half the league was like, we're out. We want to disband. Can you can you even enforce a grant of rights at that point? Uh, Matt Castle, I, I don't know if it's the former USC quarterback, but you know, I'm, I imagine he would have some questions. Yeah. Asked who's next? Oregon, Washington, the Arizona schools. I, I think. Well, let's let's talk to our resident Arizona grad, Ari Wasserman. I am very curious about this, Ari, because. I would think Oregon and Washington would be attractive properties for the, the Big Ten, but also the, like the Arizona schools. If you're the Big 12 right now, are you going to offer them like a port in the storm? Are you, it seems like you could strengthen yourself by, by trying to pick up the scraps here. Yeah, I like Scott Dockerman got the, the first question and in uh, 36 seconds just reorganized the entire sport and my head is still spinning because you know it's like that's kind of what it is right now and it's just to me like the entire spirit of college football has always been like the anchor schools that kind of uh you know put these conferences in a position to compete at the highest level and if you don't have one of those anchor schools then your conference is in danger as, as a whole so like now this to me if you do that to another conference that's two of the power five conferences now and, and i don't know maybe oregon is still an anchor school or washington's an anchor school but you take usc out of the pac-12 and it just seems like now you know now that i'm at the elite 11 we should just you know combine the pac-12 and the big 12 and call that the the elite 11 right or the elite whatever or maybe just like the 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 big pacific that's a pretty good name right um but you know i, I don't know like how valuable thing larry are... scott kind of tried to do but <laughs> yeah not really what he had in mind i don't know yeah uh, yeah we got we got max olsen joining us too from the athletic and hi max uh you and i hey, were, are we, we breaking be... down caden proctor's commitment to iowa over alabama is that what we're doing on this one i see scott's here what's up scott <laughs> hey, what's up max i mean you know biggest recruit in iowa history at as a program Freaking posted at noon what was he thinking you know i know well yeah right as soon as this happened so uh yeah does caden like, proctor oh, yeah. play beach volleyball at all or is he is he just a football player <laughs> <laughs> he could he plays basketball so all right so it's, anyway. it's a little weird jumping into a podcast where i haven't heard what you guys have already hit but i do have a couple of quick ones here first of yeah. all what's the what's this mean for the bet I'm oh, dead. Oh, this is the question. I'm out. For, because the year that, I, that I, at USC was supposed to make it, they're going to be in, like, if USC builds it the way I thought they were going to build it, and when they would be primed to just own the Pac-12, they're going to have to play at Ohio State in November, right? Like, is that is that how this is all setting up? So, uh, I, <laughs> Pretty I, much. I, so the, the bet, for those who don't know, is if USC doesn't make the playoff in the next three seasons, Ari owes me $1,000. That's bull. I mean, <laughs> I you got to understand. I now. <laughs> Yeah, so that this is what happens when you gamble because if you do a futures bet, you can't control what happens in the. And I didn't. It didn't occur to me that they were going to have to play three snowy games in November in two or three years. So I guess right now I'm like all in on USC getting it on track faster than than we hoped they would and getting there while they still have a pretty easy path to get there. But man, uh, I'm happy that that was the first thing you thought about Max. That, that's why we're friends. So it's know? on the list yeah. there. So that's one. Um, I, another one was. Okay, two times in 12 months. Do you think they asked Lincoln Riley if he wanted to do it this time? <laughs> <laughs> like, what no, are the freaking chances? Don't. It happens again. <sighs> Wild. So we've had a couple Wild. great questions. Ty Tyson on you on our YouTube channel said, what about the Alliance? They shook hands and looked at each other, each other in, the, in eye. the eye. Remember <laughs> how much we laughed at them when they formed this Alliance? I'm using air quotes here if you're not watching yes, that video. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we knew that was BS, guys, and you just proved it because one of you just rated the other. Like, so there is I, nothing I, sacred. 
I was talking to one of our editors suggested like, Hey, you should reach out to Bob Bowlesby today. Um, and, and honestly, I can probably like probably come up with like how he really feels on this. And that is like, <laughs> a, not, not my problem anymore. Mm-hmm. And B, you. um, you know, sucks to suck. Like he tried to a year ago, he tried to meet George Klavkov and talk about, you know, a strategic alliance with the PAC 12 and protecting each other. And instead uh, the takeaway on that was I'm going to go off with these guys and do the alliance, you know? And so what did the alliance achieve anything? No, obviously not. Uh, I'm not saying that a big 12 pack 12 merger fixes everything, but shoot, that's probably one of those ideas that probably, probably is worth coming back to now. But if well, you have that, if you have that merger, you need to save the bigger brands that are left, right? Like and who would be the biggest brands in the big 12 pack 12 merger right now you need to save oregon you need to save washington i mean those two it's like i I feel like i'm not trying to be disrespectful for the big 12 but the biggest the brands the big 12 is still in a position of the greatest need in this point the same way they were a year ago right yeah for sure i mean when oklahoma and texas left there just wasn't enough there where you thought that they were going to bolt for the big 10 you know an iowa state or kansas state or oklahoma state uh Kansas basketball is the, the biggest property in that league and, and nobody moves for basketball. So the, yeah, it's really the biggest brands are left in the PAC 12. And, and as we saw with the big 10, when it expanded to Maryland and Rutgers, uh, even though the, the word was out, they did it day after day. They didn't do it all at the same time. They, they wanted to give each school its day in the sun. So, you know, there's a possibility that maybe they, I, I'm speculating here, but there's this possibility that come five o'clock central time, USC and UCLA are members. And then at uh, noon tomorrow, it could be Oregon and Washington. It wouldn't surprise me at all. So well, Ch- Chad so- on YouTube asks, is, is there, isn't there an academic criteria that schools have to meet to join the big 10? Well, yeah. UCLA and USC meet it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah I was going to say, is, I think they're good, but this is who they'd want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the the AAU institution thing. There's 13 of them in the Big Ten currently. Nebraska got booted right right before right. it joined. Uh, UCLA, USC, both are AAUs. Washington. I think Oregon my education was mostly in, during the AAU era, so my degree still <laughs> still solid. But you know. Oh yeah, no, you're you're definitely a Big Ten Husker, uh, Max. Uh, you're not you're not one of those. I, no, I did like a semester in the Big Twelve Huskers and rank educations because I think I'm definitely first, right? <laughs> Okay, um, so here's here's the piece of this that if like if you want to know like what does the Big Twelve do, I mean certainly you have to be, you know you you need to play defense in some ways in terms of you don't want to lose Kansas or other schools from your from from you know if the Big Ten is going to keep going right, but I think this is actually a chance now it, it's probably slightly regrettable to have a leadership change right now, uh, that probably isn't great, but this is probably the first chance for the Big Twelve to play offense in a few years, and if that if that you can start at Arizona, Arizona State, which makes a lot of sense, but I wouldn't be that surprised if you saw that speculation, you know, include Utah and Colorado as well and going to 16. Yeah, and and now if you're Colorado and you left the Big 12 and pointed and laughed, how's that feel? Welcome back. Yeah, and then Hi. of course you've got the Utah BYU thing, which does that make it more True. likely or less likely? Hard to hard to tell on that. Oh, yeah. Know- Utah and BYU in the same league again. Mm-hmm. That 
I mean, there's never been any strife involving those two in conferences ever. <laughs> good, yeah, yeah, good right. Lord. This, well, actually, uh, all so, this is is just a long way of making sure that all the most hated uh, administrative rivalries are back together. We're gonna get we're gonna get Oklahoma and te- uh, Texas. I mean, sorry, Texas and Texas A and M back in the same conference. Yeah, we get BYU and Utah. Let's just like mend some fences and get these. Uh, these guys uh, all back together, uh, you know, hating each other the right way. You know, the ACC people are nervous about what that means for what does that mean? Pittsburgh's leaving or West Virginia's coming? <laughs> which which one of those is is true? Now, Scott, what do you what do you think of um, what do you think of Lincoln Riley and Chip Kelly coming to Iowa City in November? Oh, I think people would love it here. <laughs> I, I, I want to see them hang out with the Dilly Bar guy in Minneapolis at Huntington Bank Stadium. I mean, That's where I really want to bit, see it. Bit of an adjustment. I'm sure you can do some scheduling stuff to try and, you know, make that a little bit easier for the West Coast schools to not have to come out and play in the snow. But, I mean, you can't totally avoid it. Oh, I, I, I'm excited for UCLA, Maryland. <laughs> UCLA Rutgers, man, the, the, the coast-to-coast battle. I'm sure they'll come up with a trophy for it. As a, Scott, you're our resident trophy game expert. What 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 new trophy games do we create out of this? Oh, I think uh, you know some sort of train. You know, for the transcontinental railroad, you could uh, put something like <laughs> Rutgers UCLA or something like that. Um, oh no no no! Well, let's in honor of the Big Ten's new TV contract, which is going to be even richer now. It's the Dreamliner Trophy. It's not the train. They're they're taking luxury (laughs) accommodations in the sky. If the Concord still existed, it would be the Concord trophy. (laughs) That would be great. Uh, Maryland and USC, what would would be there? You know, you'd have a turtle and a Trojan. So you just have the T trophy, and they hold a a big T, I guess, at the end of it. I don't know. Fear the Tommy. Wow. (laughs) I mean, so for folks who didn't like any of this to begin with, this has got to be the, the nightmare scenario because what, what we have here, and we said this last year where the SEC and the Big Ten were forming their own orbits. They're getting too big and they're forming their own orbits because they're too, too rich, too powerful compared to everybody else. And it was going to suck off other programs to, into their orbit. Now we're seeing it. Is it in, I know people say, oh, well, this, is, this means four super conferences. No, no, no. There's two super conferences. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of when it reaches its final form. And I don't know when that's going to happen, but it, it, this feels defensive. Well, the LA Times is reporting that USC instigated this move, which you're never going to hear that a conference instigated a move because that would allow the members of the old conference to sue. But for the Big Ten to then say, yes, let's do this, it's a defensive move because Ari and I, we talked about this on the podcast probably two weeks ago. We had a question from a, a listener about if there were an SEC super conference, who'd be in it. And, and we said, you know, would Ohio State say, we're, we think more like you guys than we do like these guys, so maybe we'll go. Everybody acts like that's so far-fetched. It wasn't, and that's why the Big Ten is doing this, to make sure – its name brands want to stay in the Big Ten and that they feel like it has the best future. One of my fears kind of when the divisional structure was put in place was the top-heavy nature, not necessarily competitively because other than the championships, it's been fairly even in the regular season. But in 
blue blood status and, and priority, it tilts so heavily to three programs in the East that it, at some point, if they become, we can actually live without the rest of the league and be okay, then that's what would eventually split it up. So I think in some ways, yes, this is a really good defensive uh, issue, but, you know, kind of circling back to the Alliance discussions, I think it, at first that served as a counterweight to the SEC and it served its purpose there. But back in January, there was heavy discussion. The Big Ten was going to drop to eight games to a, to move into a, an alliance matchup or two alliance matchups every year. Then once they started negotiating with their media rights partners, they realized our property is so much more valuable than either one of theirs and it makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, last year there were 72 games that hit three and a half million viewers 32 involved the Big Ten, 31 involved the SEC. But, uh, you know, there were only nine in the Pac-12 and four in regular season action. And the ACC had zero. Scott, they shook hands. (laughs) Yeah, there was nothing signed, was there? Just like everybody (laughs) asked at the time. (laughs) There's another one I want to get to, another fallout of that 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 I find interesting. But Eli on the YouTube channel has another really interesting thought. Because Eli's thinking like a TV programmer. I like that. I, I think Eli's got a future in this business. Any chance we get big after dark? Purdue UCLA kicking off at 10.30 p.m. <laughs> Eastern time. Bring it on. There, okay, there, there's another. I, I love that. There's another piece of this. I don't know if you guys have hit on it already. But I think today's news probably blows up the playoff conversation. Yes, because that's I what I was going to get to. I, I, how, why would these leagues now agree to anything other than at larges? Right, the Big Ten no longer needs to be. They're, they're in the same boat as the SEC now. They're not going to agree right. to auto bids for conference champs. So the ACC, which was the leading instigator in blocking the proposed plan. Now, the Big Ten was involved in blocking it, too, and I think we kind of know why now. But the ACC was saying, well, we got to have these these guaranteed spots. There was going to be a guaranteed spot for the ACC champ because the top six conference champs were going to make it. And the ACC probably could have still been one of the top six conferences. Now, the ACC is thrown further into chaos and further into doubt because if I am Clemson, if I am Florida State, if I am North Carolina, if I am... Virginia, Virginia Tech, NC State. I'm looking at this and going, what's the future for us here? What is this? And if they're stuck together till 2036, they're going to be real mad at each other by the end of it. No question. I mean, the revenue part of it, they, they've fallen behind anyway, but now you're going to see, I mean, the Big Ten has not officially signed its media rights agreement, which you would expect now that they've added the second biggest market in the country, which means they have four or five out of the top seven within its footprint, uh, that that number is going to be astronomical when compared to the ACC. And now the the Pac-12 and Big 12 are way, way behind, and they've got to figure out a way to catch up very quickly. So uh, the ACC is going to be in defense territory. And I can only imagine that the uh, that there is going to be a lot of conversation about probably getting into the SEC simply and fighting the grant of rights in court because they just can't it's, individual schools can't afford to fall behind or it's a whole generation of, of being left in the back. Right. Clemson and Florida state 
would make a lot of sense in the SEC. I think NC State and Virginia Tech also would. North Carolina and Virginia make a ton of sense in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I know people hate when we talk like this, when stuff like this happens, but guys. It's the only reasonable response, yeah. Texas mm-hmm. and Oklahoma moved last year. USC and UCLA are moving now. Like, it's, it's happening. It's- let, me ask you, let me ask you guys this. And I don't know if I'm like 25 steps down the line, uh, Max. You always get really excited when I when I do this. Uh, I, you're, you're already like, like Can Ohio forward. State recruit California better now. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. I think <laughs> probably not. If we get to a point, and I saw somebody on Twitter like create fake schedules of like what super conferences would look like, does it enti- entirely shift like what we view as a successful season for these teams? And like, are we like the is the bit? Because I saw a question here about the Big Ten. In the pack, or I mean, in the SEC expansion and what it means for the playoff discussion, and it's just like, are teams going to be more like NFL teams now, where you just try to go eight and three, or twelve and you know, or nine and three, and you know, win your division or win your conference, and you know, the top four teams just get to an advance, and like the the entire idea of like perfection and having to be undefeated, because like we're going to get to a point if these conferences happen where where it's going to be impossible to go. Uh, undefeated or to only lose once the way it kind of is in the NFL right now 10 games basically yeah yeah the best teams in the country I think maybe in in five years might be nine and three Mm -hmm. if it gets to that point I'm very curious like if that shifts your like appreciation of the way that college football is consumed right now well I know you you always look at that in terms of does that make the games matter less right does it make the big games matter less yeah yeah I have because I always kind of thought that college football had a playoff feel to it when there were close games in the fourth quarter in the middle of the year and like now if if teams are just you know playing like if Alabama's schedule has LSU Texas Oklahoma Texas A&M Georgia and Alabama on it and just like how could you possibly expect them to to not lose two or three games even the best teams in the country are going to lose two or three games which then kind of numbs us to the importance of losses but also you can't hold these teams to a, a standard of perfection anymore it's all going to be about the playoff, whatever the playoff format is, who gets in and how you perform in it. And I think in some cases, uh, you know, what does this do? Does, you know, there was that discussion a couple of months ago with the SEC about we'll just do it ourselves and it'll be a well-watched, uh, interesting playoff. Maybe the the Big Ten and the, uh, a growing Big Ten and growing SEC would say we're going to have our own little mini playoff and then we'll play each other. That, some... that exactly right. Champs play. And in fact, before we started this podcast, I was talking to an athletic director and that was exactly what, what, what that person said was that sec only playoff doesn't sound so dumb anymore. Does it? And, and because mm-hmm. they do it, the big 10 does it and they put their champs against each other. And that's the playoff. If, mm-hmm. if it goes that way, that's, that's, I mean, I don't think that's good for the sport necessarily no. because I would like it to be a more national proposition but yeah. here's the thing. The Big Ten taking UC- USC and UCLA is an attempt at making it a national proposition. Mm-hmm. They're now in two time zones behind them, but, you know, where they were. So, yes, I, I think that's – and this all kind of comes back in some ways to the Big Ten's championship week proposal in 2020 during uh-huh. the COVID year where they were trying to match up. And that that's kind of lived and it's kind of been really fascinating. But – you know, maybe that's something that is incorporated when, as these leagues get bigger and we see, you know, rivalries shrink up that maybe the last week of the year uh, before the playoffs, it's like, hey, we're all going to figure out a different matchup and, and play it somewhere. But I think the possibilities are endless. But to me, the, the one 
school that, that's the most fascinating going forward is Notre Dame. Uh, what does yep. this force Notre Dame into, Hey, we've got to go to a conference and the ACC just doesn't look that, uh, welcoming mm. anymore. And if it's, if it's and, going to a conference, it would be the big 10. It'd be the big it, 10. It'd be the big 10. And Hey, you could see, uh, conference games against USC and Michigan with regularity. I mean, sign me up, you know, that, you know, I, that, that way they don't lose a big rivalry. And there's like multiple ways to look at this too, of just because, you know, everybody, in the past year who has been the anti NIL and all this stuff think that, that the sport is being ruined now that there's a monetary influence with the players. Right. right. And it's like, you really got to think big picture here of like the monetary influence that's actually shifting the sport, probably in a more dramatic way. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's been shifting it, it for 40 for, something years. Yeah. Basically decades. More than that. Since, well, yeah. Since the Supreme court decision, in, and the question not, is not the one last year, but yeah. the one in 1984. Do, does the regular fan like where this is headed? And I, I would argue that they probably don't. I would say, sense. I would say that the ones in the SEC and Big Ten love it, and I would say that the ones outside of it don't. I mean, I think there's a fear about NIL and how it could alter the the competitive level among schools. But I would say that if right now, if if this is becoming a divide, and you're in one of the two have conferences. You've got to be excited. I mean, you know, here in Iowa, it would be there's an excitement that okay, you got to play in the Rose Bowl Stadium, you know, more than once every thirty years. You know, well, what, and what does it what does that mean for an Iowa? For uh, well, I mean, Iowa's a, a level above like a Purdue or a Minnesota, mm-hmm. at least recently. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for them in comparison to say an Oklahoma State now? Or an Oregon, if Oregon doesn't wind up in one of these. I still think Oregon might have a shot. Washington might have a shot if, if the Big Ten wants to do more. But what, what happens if, what happens if say, the best of what's left in the Pac-12 merges with what's, what's in the Big 12, and that's a league? I mean, well, well Iowa is going to be a much wealthier program than any of those. And I, I don't know if you guys already hit on this. Scott, like if, you, if the Big Ten were going to 20, what do you think? like the wish list should be. I think you, you start with Notre Dame and I think yeah. you start, then you go with Oregon and Washington, two programs that generate more than $90 million a year. So they're in the same footprint uh, financially as Nebraska, Iowa, and Wisconsin. And then, uh, you know, what, what, what's that put you at 19 ish uh, then, Hey, maybe it's Virginia and North Carolina. You know, I, I think they would make a great pairing because of their, their AAU institutions uh, you, you cover kind of the upper South that way. Um, you're already in the Washington DC market. You're in North Carolina and getting into the Charlotte. I mean, I, I think, <laughs> I think you'd be pretty happy there, but uh, that would be, to me, so, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just so crazy to talk like yeah. this. Right. Cause this is, it's just like, it's not, it, it by the way, wrong. any, are there any, any, I don't, I assume there are no, like, obviously last summer we confronted this reality that like, no, Oklahoma doesn't have to take care of Oklahoma State and bring them with on anything. Right. It, is there any dynamic to that with any of these Pac-12 schools? Well, I think whether we, it's Oregon, Oregon State, State, UCLA Washington would have been. State. Yeah, yeah I, I was going like, to say, isn't UCLA kind of in that category a little bit? Yeah, I think UCLA yeah. is getting taken care of by USC here. I think so. I would assume but, Stanford and Cal are are a pair. Mm-hmm. But but I am curious. I don't know about the Washington schools. Does the, the yeah, Oregon does the rest of the Pac-12 kind of pair off now in some ways, just the way it's set up? Well, have you guys thought about like the most valuable, like just 
I don't know. Scott's more of a guru when it comes to like how much money each program generates and stuff. But just like the sexiness factor of the 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 programs that remain that aren't in aren't in or either joining the SEC or the Big Ten. Like, what are the most attractive ones left? Is Notre Dame the most attractive one out of all of them? You've got yes. Clemson. You've got Miami. You've got Florida State. You've got Washington. You've got Oregon. You've got North Carolina. You've got Virginia Tech. Am I forgetting anybody massive there? No. Let me. David uh, on on the YouTube channel says if it's about money, Cal and Stanford are in the number six TV market. That doesn't mean anything. Columbia is in the number one TV market. It's about how much of of, of the market you command, and Cal and yeah. Stanford don't command much of it. So. That's not the issue. It's what Ari is talking about. What brand carries the most weight? Mm. It's definitely is, Notre Dame. Isn't like the idea of the local television market like dead too? It's like, I, I don't know. I spend all day of, on my Saturdays watching college football games of, of of teams that are nowhere near where I live. So, I mean, I, Green, I know Green Bay is a pretty small yeah. market, yet the Packers yeah. make yeah. a pretty big impact nationally. But like, which, well, I, and I don't know if this is just fantasy land, but like, is it too late? And I guess, you know, there's so much to this than that. But I think I just said, I just named enough leftovers to create a third, the bones of a third mega conference, right? Right. You know, like if, if you, you put all those together and then you added like the Arizona State and some of the ancillary pieces, um, you could create a third one that could maybe rival the SEC in, in the Big Ten, right? Or are those teams just going to get ripped apart until there's only two? Mm, I, they could be very competitive on the field, I think. And I think financially, some of the better ones can be in good shape. It's just when you look at, you know, again, how much do they command of the market? I think that's a great point. You look at Philadelphia, for instance. Temple is not the most popular team in that market collegiately. It's Penn State. And so – Penn State kind of gets that market, which is one of the five biggest or six biggest in the country. Uh, out West, Washington dwarfs Washington State in revenue. Um, Oregon and Oregon State are a little closer, but still, uh, Oregon's got a, a much heavier uh, place. And then finally, you look at the Bay Area, which is one of the biggest in the in the world. I mean, when it comes to finances and, and Silicon Valley and what have you, Cal and Stanford can't fill their stadiums. So do you get anything from them joining that? Whereas we know in the South and throughout the Midwest and in, even in Texas that people in Alabama, you know, they may not live in Tuscaloosa, but they're huge Alabama fans. And so, you know, TCU is probably the most popular team in Dallas. I mean, maybe Max can correct me, but TCU and, and SMU are in that area, probably behind Texas and Texas A&M. Am, am I right on that? Maybe even Oklahoma. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. So the th what's the most interesting team to you guys that's like not in either of those conferences right now? Like I don't know, like team. What do you mean team or program? I mean like just in well, terms of like what few. could be left uh, over. Like is Clem like uh, what's Notre Clemson? Dame is sort of the Notre yeah. Dame is the key to a lot of stuff, and, and so that's that's one. Would Notre Dame want to stay independent? Obviously, Notre Dame wants to stay independent. They, we we know the history there. What, is it possible now? I think that's the question. Uh, Oregon is interesting to me. And then the schools that take football very, very seriously in the ACC, Clemson and, and Florida State and Virginia Tech, what do they want to do? And the ACC has been one we, we've just not talked about it because we said we think that Grand Rights is, is strong and that they can't get out. But everything feels completely different now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, could you see a alliance 
necessarily with the AC. <laughs> I know I love that. We're going back to it, baby. Okay, left this man out of the room right All now. Right. Uh, Alliance. We'll, we'll go with we'll go with the bull parlance and uh, go alliance to coalition. Yes. Coalition uh, between maybe among the ACC, Big Twelve, and Pac twelve leftovers. You know, if if it's let's say two more Pac twelve teams leave, could they all kind of? work together or is that ship sailed and is the big 12 ready to hey we're on poach mode now well then i guess that's the question I'll, t- I'll come back to the analogy i used earlier so do you guys look at this right now in the i know it's probably too soon to know truly but do you guys look at this right now and when you talk about those other three power five leagues are they in a situation to play offense or are they in a situation to play to sit back and see who's who's leaving so I think I think the Big Twelve should should be playing offense right now. Mm-hmm. I, I think they can. They first of all they have the flexibility to do it because they they have a TV deal coming up. They they do have new members coming, but they're not there yet. And and the Big or the Pac twelve grant of rights expire sooner. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah. they can they can get those those people in and say, hey, look, we can make something happen. And and here's this is the part that scares you for the ACC and. You know, Max, you just wrote about Brett Yormark, the new commissioner of Big 12. And golly, welcome to the business, buddy. Um, yeah, Brett Yormark, he starts the job on August 1. How much shit's going to happen between now and August 1, guys? I don't know. <laughs> it may need to start a little oh my sooner. God. But, but so let's say they got that the Big 10 didn't invite Oregon and Washington, and I still am not, not out on that idea. But let's say the Big 10 does not invite Oregon and Washington, does not invite the Arizona schools, does not invite Cal and Stanford. If you're the Big 12, do you just say, come on, come, come. And then the TV deal you make might be better than the ACC's at that point. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, I mean. You, Without you, Oregon and Washington? No, I'm saying if they, if Oregon and Washington are in that bunch. Oh, oh, I, okay. I, I thought you meant if they yeah. went. Okay, yeah, I, w- I would have yeah, disagreed not, with I'm that. Not, without I'm not yeah. closing the door on, on the Big Ten taking those two, but they got to figure out if, if they're not going, they got to figure something out. Yeah. I think if I think if you're the Big Twelve right now, you have your eyes on six schools and you're willing to oh, settle Utah. for four. We got to get Utah yeah. too. What I would do if I'm the Big Twelve is yes, if, if Oregon and Washington are free agents. You, you have the contract signed five minutes ago, or at least the drawn up. If not, if they go to the Big Ten, let's say, then I think that the, the Rocky Mountain area schools, the Arizonas, Colorado, and Utah, you invite them, and then you become a 16-team league. And, and then it's, it shows stability. I think it's already going to be, a, a, even by itself, a fantastically fun league. Right. Uh, you know, Cincinnati. I mean, there's going to be some yeah. fun-ass games. But so, you, but you you throw the Arizonas and Colorado and Utah in because that that assumes Oregon and, and Washington are off to the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, well, as a 16-team league, I like that league, and I have no problem with that league's champ making a 12-team playoff yeah. as an automatic bid. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And you know, it's important to think back a few months ago. Like, I think one of the thing one of the things that like kind of cut through all the noise here in the past few months was do you guys remember the navigate um, projections that essentially mm-hmm. suggested that the SEC and the big 10 are going to be making twice what the other power five leagues make within, I think by 2026. Yeah. Um, you see where the big 12 is at and they're projected f- fifth out of five, obviously at that point in time. Um, 
obviously the, the the number on the Big Ten probably looks a little different today than it did yesterday, but I would think the Big 12 has a chance to move up in the world here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. if they move fast and if they're they're targeted. But they're, their but, board's going to have to get their act together on this because, yeah. you know, Bowlesby was able to move swiftly on the four new additions once they agreed. Once the Pac, yeah. ironically, once the Pac-12 decided they were not going to expand, which remember, they made that decision last summer yeah. in going to the Alliance. And, now, and once they did that, the Big 12 stuck together and Bowlesby was able to move very, very quickly to add four new schools. Now, can the Big 12 strike like that? when they're in the middle of a leadership transition, can the board get on the same page about these things? I'm sure there's already been discussions about those four schools in the past or specifically the Arizona schools, but in terms of the big 12 striking now, like it's probably a little bit of a question of like, how do we go about doing that? Well, and, and here's another question, Cal and Stanford, obviously the big 10 would consider them an a- academic fit. Are they worth taking from an athletic standpoint is, is the question. No, for the big, 12? For, no, the big, big 10. 10 for the big, the big 10. 10. Only if that's the if that's the only way you can get the the Los Angeles area schools, I, then you then you would because otherwise you've got two more mouths to feed that are really financially on the same level as as a Maryland and a Rutgers. That's um, what I was going right. to just say. Like, didn't the Big Ten already whiff once? Mm-hmm. You know, I think I, I don't know. Like, maybe uh, Rutgers and Maryland are like the luckiest schools on the face of the earth right now for finding their way into a conference that was... I got a golden ticket. Yeah. Yes, it is it was very like, Willy it was negotiated about like television markets at a time where uh, th- those were important. Now, like two or three years after they signed in the Big Ten, it no longer became important. Now they're they're in the Big Ten as the Big Ten becomes two super conferences. Like you know, they are the two luckiest programs in in the entire college world. I think, but doesn't the Big Ten, Scott? And you correct me if I'm wrong. Have to be very careful about that happening again. And do you think they learned from that? Yeah, because those two teams, when they were added, I think you probably remember it too, Ari. Mm-hmm. It's just there wasn't a lot of support for that among the the fans or the or the even the administrations of schools. It was all a business move, hundred percent. It was, and even with Maryland, there wasn't a lot of interest in going to the Big Ten. Uh, in fact, you know, I had officials tell me from the Big Ten that you know they could roll out the the balloons and stuff for Rutgers and for Nebraska, but not for Maryland because the fan base was not interested in that at that time and and i think if you if you're looking at what does stanford bring from viewership from you know butts in the seats because they do share up to 30 percent of their home gates with the league and and among the schools they cycle it out uh cal and stanford just don't don't do that i mean they're in a different tier and and they're you know probably if you were to start over today you look at a, a northwestern or a vanderbilt and they're probably in the same type of boat um so yeah, I think they have to be careful. If you're going to add, add for a reason. And obviously UCLA and USC do that. And that's why if the, there's two more coming, you got to go with the, the heavy hitters, which is Washington and, and Oregon. Hey Max, if you're, if you're the commissioner of the big 12 right now, and we're going to assume for the time being that, that Washington and Oregon are still on the board, uh, who is the first program that you're calling? <laughs> It's funny. You keep saying this like it's like, like it's teams and programs, but it's 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 still schools. We're still making these what, decisions on. What schools. did I say? No, it, it's, but I think Ari's right. Well, no, it's just it's, easy to talk about this stuff teams. like it's fantasy football. Yeah. you know, like um, well, that's, that's what, what we're doing. Is. That's what they're doing. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, no, certainly. Like certainly, you have to find out what is what is Oregon planning to do here, and what is Washington planning to do. Like that. That yeah, that totally um, makes it. I was gonna. You know, the more we talk through that, I'm just like I'm wondering. Like so today. From now till the end of the day, like, what is George Klafkoff supposed to do? 
Like what, what is what is the move you make here? Run back to MGM and just live in 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 Aria and and go down to Javier's for nachos and drown your sorrows in jalapeno just check, margaritas. You know, take a take a quick look at your PTO, see how much you got. Just go away for a little yeah. bit. Live the life that I work every single day of my life to try to achieve one day. Yeah, that. Yes, basically. <laughs> I mean, this ain't what he signed up for. Well, it is, but it isn't, and and that's that's the problem. I mean. We didn't, but the move obviously, like the move is not to like go get Mountain West schools, right? Like, I mean, what, well, like, what are you supposed no, to do? You, to strengthen your confidence. The only now? thing you can do is try to is try to strip the best of the Big Twelve, which you could also do. Oklahoma State, TCU, Baylor, Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. Yeah. Do you take Iowa State? Do you take Kansas? You take Kansas probably. You want mm-hmm. the national basketball champs? That's what I'm saying. Like, so mm-hmm. what beyond that, if there, if he doesn't really have any moves to make here, beyond like, so that's, that's probably where this, this battle starts. I suppose you form an alliance with the ACC. <laughs> I'm ready to get hurt again. Listen, I am, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to keep making fun of that alliance until mm. the day I die because there were people who were like, see, they formed an alliance and we were all <laughs> laughing at them. Yeah. Because we should have been laughing at them because we knew that one of them was eventually going to stab the other one in the heart. And that's what happened. Yeah. Pretty a lot faster than you'd think. In in the history, in in the entirety of human history, has there ever been a handshake deal between two entities with this much money on the line that was just like everybody agreed, like did what they said they were going to do? Like in any regard? Uh, no, this is this is like uh, Van Ribbentrop and, and Molotov back in '38, but uh, you know with the German Russians. But you know, no, this but this one is just way out there. I mean, the alliance was what it what it was, and it, we we all saw it for that, but nobody else did. All, is, all it was was a backdrop on a yeah, press conference. It was, yeah. Hey guys, we're locking arms. We're we're showing that we're we're going to battle the SEC, and uh, once the Big Ten figured out it's bigger than the alliance it's bigger than the other two leagues and it's on the same level as the sec and prominence anyway if not on the field it then it, it's off to do what it's doing right now it's going to make more money than both of those other two leagues combined and now it's taking its best properties so it doesn't need to play the alliance matchups when they're all under the big 10 roof we've had quite a few people join us here in the last few minutes so uh it is me myself andy staples scott doctorman who covers iowa in the big 10 for the athletic max olson national college football writer for the athletic Ari Wasserman national recruiting writer slash gambling connoisseur addict slash <laughs> guy who's going to owe me some money by the way breaking yeah. news on our bet Ari a regular listener texted me and mentioned I need to go back and listen to our original show where we made that bet that USC would make the playoff in the next three years you said they would I said they wouldn't I was under the impression the stakes were $1,000, but apparently you said $10,000 first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, let me, I'm going to have to go that. back and yeah. listen to that. Okay, we'll go back and listen to it. If it's ten grand, then I'll, I'll get the money. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get it for you. Uh, what do you got there, a little popcorn, Max? I, I should have led with this. I had my popcorn <laughs> ready for this today. <laughs> Just your popcorn yeah. ready. That's exactly right. We are talking USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten, but obviously – that's not the only thing that's going to happen. This will this is going to trigger this will be an earthquake that triggers a lot of tremors down the line. 
more so I would imagine than than Texas and Oklahoma. Because like when, when Texas and Oklahoma moved to the SEC, you saw an endpoint. You said, okay, the, if, if the Big 12, if nothing happens with the ACC and the Big 10 doesn't go after the Pac-12, then the only thing that's going to happen is they're going to take some schools to, to refill the Big 12 and, and the conferences that lose schools will backfill, which is what happened. This is completely different because the Big 12 is in flux, has a TV deal coming up, needs to do something. The Pac-12 just got torn apart. The ACC now looks to be very much in jeopardy, even though they have that grant of rights. Because if I'm Clemson, if I'm Florida State, if I'm any of the other schools that, that want to compete for national titles, I'm looking at it like, wait a second. We're going to be so far behind the Big Ten and the SEC now. Mm-hmm. So this is this is very interesting to see where this goes from here. And Ari just asked the question right before I, I so rudely cut him off. What does college football look like in 20 years? Wrong answers only. Well, everybody's trying to say that there are going to be four 16 conferences, which I always laughed at because it's just not built that way. But I think it's you might see two 2018 conferences or you know three conferences where the SEC and Big Ten have 24 teams and then somebody else kind of has the rest of the best. Uh, that's what I could see. Not Do, do you all think this could go AFC-NFC? Yeah, I do. I, I, I mean, down the road. I was kind of hoping last year. I, I mean, I, it seemed like that felt like a logical conclusion last year. When, when Texas and Oklahoma moved, but this, that feels like the only conclusion now. And then you have four, four mini conferences within the, the, or mini divisions within the Something conferences like that. they each play yeah. to, to win their division. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe there's a, and uh, they would still call it the big 10, even though it's, Oh, I don't tripled know. In that's, size. that's the other the, question. The big what about tent. the jumbo size ten? Yeah, the big I, I don't know. There you go. Yeah, but I, I think you you do. Uh, what, how would it be? Sixty something teams, and and both split them up, and then do a little mini playoff on both sides, and then play a college football Super Bowl. Basically, and 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 kind of what the Super Bowl was originally intended to be the AFL NFL, but then they could play. Uh, but they could also play. Eh, I guess it'd be more AFC and NFC because they could play each other during the regular regular season. And then at what point? So then, are you do those is merge? It a group of five championship essentially. I, in, I think in that vision of yours is that how it goes? Yeah, I, I think there's just a, either a new division or the FCS gets bigger. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, there's not a whole lot of difference. I mean, if we're talking group of five and FCS, the upper level of the FCS is every bit as good as the G5s. I mean, you know, North Dakota State could probably compete in the Mountain West and win it. Yeah. With, yeah. with regularity and, and there's a handful of especially with the extra scholarships yeah if they were you guys ever 85. fear that as things get bigger and logistics keep becoming a nightmare because we haven't said this on the show but like is there going to be a uh a 9 a.m kickoff uh when usc plays at maryland like the the logistics of it is, is going to be a tough thing to handle but like do you ever wonder like our rivalries and things that we love about the sport going to slowly but surely start falling because it's just logistically going to be a nightmare. Well, yeah, I mean yeah. that's the whole point. No, of we've already we've already seated the the geography piece of this. 
Yeah, yeah, and the, the geography is what it is. But I, I just mean mm-hmm. like you you make an AFC NFC. I don't know how you preserve all of the the rivalries that that already exist um, in a new in a new world like that. No, That's I mean all. here's here's the thing. It's not going to be that. It's going to be something completely different. And this is the part we kept talking about because we would come up with these wacky ideas about how this could work and how this would all fit together. But all those wacky ideas were to try to preserve something that was that didn't look exactly like the NFL. It may be that this looks exactly like the NFL, which listen, the NFL is the most popular sport in America. So I get that, but I don't know that the, the same people will want to like it and it will be, I don't know if it will be as popular. Maybe it will. Maybe I'm just, you know, chicken littling it, but I do think part of what makes college football fun is the fact that it is a mess that it is non-standard that it doesn't it's asymmetrical it doesn't fit everything and that's gone i mean it, it's just not going to happen from to, this point forward to, to add another layer to this so what, what did you say 2030 sorry yeah just you know 20 years what, on the whatever line. Okay, 20 years 2035 yeah okay um is it possible that if we if we get into an afc nfc way of going about this or whatever do you think that one of the splits will just be at this level players are paid under contract and at the lower level they're they're still you know student athletes? That, that's a great question because how are they going to it depends on really collective bargaining. If we're talking far down the road yeah. and working through that obviously that's a that's a, its own massive issue. I mean you think about the last 10 years and I remember 10 years ago when Jim Delaney brought up paying the full cost of attendance and people were flipping out because in Texas, it might mean $5,000 and at Kansas, it might mean 3.5,000, you know, just stupid things like that or laundry money. And yeah. so, yeah, I think, um, I think collective bargaining is going to be part of this uh, at some point because, you know, with that, whether it's to get NIL under some sort of regulation or what have you, and, and maybe it is going to be the difference, the separator, because even Gene Smith last month when we were talking to him in Chicago was like, we need to get football out of the NCAA's purview. So maybe this is the way to structure major college football and then have second level college football just be separate. Yeah. And, well, and, and doing. Brian, who's, who's watching the show on YouTube, just mentioned that, you know, maybe this is a football only thing. And then you have the other stuff kind of work to get none of the other traditional co- college conference ramifications which is which is logical you know you you have a group that governs football and then you have the other sports in their own groups which we've seen like did you guys know that louisiana lafayette is like the alabama of college water skiing so that's not an ncaa sport it has its own governing body and all that you could have your own governing body for football and then have, Do they have water skiing in the Pac-12 because that could be a good fit. That could be it could be big. It could be big. I so does Louisiana Lafayette like recruit nationally then? They recruit internationally. Like people international. Oh. Yeah. Louisiana Lafayette Saban's and Louisiana Monroe. Yeah. Louisiana Lafayette mm-hmm. and Louisiana Monroe are both big water skiing schools. So like they're, they're, so you're some water skiing prodigy in Germany and like <laughs> you're landing in Monroe, Louisiana, like, all right, let's go. So we always talk about like how crazy would it be for a kid who grew up in Hawaii to go play at Nebraska? Didn't that happen last in last year's class? And it's like, can you imagine uh, yeah, the kid guy went right back home? But yeah, yeah, 
Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some kid that grew up in Germany was landing in Lafayette, Louisiana, ready to ride his, his uh, to water ski- skiing glory. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, no, oh, that guys, kid transferred to the Hawaii. LA Times is what a shocker. This is not including beach volleyball. <laughs> the beach volleyball teams are not moving. But no, I mean, in all seriousness, when it gets to the critical mass that we all are now thinking it's going to get to, you could have volleyball leagues of schools that are that that look more like traditional conferences, schools that are peer institutions that are near each other, and and football is in a different kind of league. So would you would you, like would you buy that, Andy? Is is football just essentially being a semi pro league in that future? I think so. I I, I mean they they've already made it that mm-hmm. they've made it that without paying the players a salary, and they're just gonna have to do it while paying the players a salary. The only thing right. that would change that is the NFL changes its age limit. Yeah. 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 That, well, and it's, it's so funny the way these things all kind of line up because that was uh, having conversations with people around the big 12 hire, you know, they went outside the box or, uh, you know, outside the industry with their, um, with their hire and, and even with their finalists. And they, I think their board felt like this is essentially pro sports in, in a lot of ways. And so we need to sort of, you know, act that way. Yeah. Act that way. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have a problem with that. It, at least they're acknowledging it. At least they're being honest about it now. Before they were doing it and making all these decisions as if they were running pro sports franchises. But well, then Andy, not they would hire anything. people to tr- just try and preserve the past, right? At, 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 the, yeah. at the NCAA level and, and on down. Yeah. So now I, I guess what this means is the people in charge are at least acknowledging what they've done and the decisions they've made have pushed them to this point and yeah, it's it's different. And there there was a comment earlier, much earlier in the show. Uh, one of the the folks watching said, uh, "Is Kevin Warren the the one your girl not warns you not to worry about?" Like, yeah, the Big Ten should have always been that. Like, the the thing with lots of money that everybody wants to be a part of. Yeah, you should be worried about that. Well, girls don't like that stuff. Uh, I uh, <laughs> money uh, desirability. Uh, I have a question. Just you know. There's so much inside baseball stuff here with money and institutions and all the stuff that you guys are experts on, even way, way more than I am. But like we are all generally fans of the sport. We enjoy consuming it, right? That's why we do this for a living. Are you guys at all in the same boat with, with just fans in general of just like worried about the sport being just changed for the worse permanently? And like I know yeah. we always mock Andy like if you're afraid of change, then you're just a loser that can't figure it out. Like, you know, but like, is there a certain point where you're just like, like where the original vision is too bastardized? It's just, yeah, yeah it's just you, like you, at can that, change, you can definitely change too much and kill the product. Like, do you, are you ever a fear that the, this product is being beaten to death? You know, I, I think the, the biggest fear with NIL is that there's just too much money going to in too many different places that's unregulated. And I, I always thought that, okay, the first year or two, it's going to be wild, wild west, and then it'll stabilize. And, you know, somebody, let's say Miami bought all these players essentially, and then they go four and eight next year, six and six, then and show, Hey, that's not the way to do it. I, I do have a fear. I, I, my biggest fear is the losing of the rivalries uh, because we've seen some of that anyway. Now it's kind of strange. You see Texas, Texas A&M getting back together. You might see a, a Utah BYU if, if some of this happens. But, um, you know, I, I've advocated a lot for this. And the Big Ten side is uh, w- what they do with their schedule is, uh, you know, with three teams, 
there's a discussion whether it's going to be two permanent rivals or three. I've been on the three side of things, partly because Iowa has three rivals. It really should. Hey, play hey Scott, it's a, it's a three, six now because it's 16 yeah. team. There you go. Perfect. Absolutely. But uh, it's amazing the things we waste our time on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. That, well, <laughs> assuming it's 16, if it's 18, it's a totally different, totally different yeah. deal. Right. Right. But, but uh, jo- you know, Joe mentioned, by the way, Ooh, the potential Big Ten championship locations. When's the first one at SoFi? That's happening now, right? The Rose Bowl. Dude, so, Rose yeah, Bowl. no, Big Ten title game at SoFi, would, you would think would happen. Yeah. But, yeah. but that the attachment with the Rose Bowl would always be there, even if you're not officially playing. Well, wait, uh, okay. I just and, – and forgive me for being the stupid one who just caught this. Let's say the Rose Bowl is not part of the playoff anymore because – the bowls are useless and worthless and didn't need to be in the playoff in the first place. Now, if the big 10 championship is at the Rose bowl, you've preserved tradition. You've managed to keep it important. And now it just funnels into whatever the thing you're doing after that. Mm-hmm. That that's a casualty of the sport. I think we can all live with, you know, no, what I, I mean, what I mean <laughs> is now they can do that. Now they yeah. have that. And, and I would imagine that's so, when they talk about the playoff, when they come together to argue about what the playoff format's going to be, do they have to care about the Rose Bowl now? The Pac-12 is irrelevant. doesn't matter what yeah. they think. And mm-hmm. then the Big Ten can kind of do its own special thing in the Rose Bowl anyway. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think now is that, that time. I, the Rose Bowl has been the only one that's really kind of hung out there. Otherwise, you're just playing games at stadiums. I mean, all these domes, what's the difference – other than location on the outside between playing it at Jerry world or the Superdome or in Atlanta, or there's nothing. So it's really about just uh, the only stadium that's ever mattered is the Rose bowl because the sunset over the San Gabriel mountains, it's like Augusta nationals. Yeah. As long as you can play a game there, the, the what, bowl what game itself it, doesn't matter. Yeah. And now you could, you could have your big 10 tournament with your big 10 championship on, on January 1st in the Rose bowl and the SEC has its SEC tournament with its SEC championship on January 1st in the Sugar Bowl. And then the following Monday, they just play a, a game against the two winners. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, bada boom. You've, and and you, just, you just had – because you could have eight teams participating from each league in, the, in their own tournament. So you just, mm-hmm. you just created a 16-team playoff mm-hmm. right there. I'm down with it. Ari, I'm still thinking about your question. I think it's a, I think it's, I think it is the right, probably a good question to ask right now. Like, do you think, do you guys think, like, if it, right now, if you were Jim Phillips or, or George Klievkoff or um, Brett Yarmark, do you think the response to this right now, if you were putting a statement out tonight, is probably a combination of this is bad for college athletics and additionally, like, we are open for business? Yeah, how do you do that? Like, I don't even uh, think you can say that this is bad for college athletics part because you've all been a part of it. Like Jim Phillips was was an AD in the Big Ten when they set these wheels in motion years ago. Like, they've all been party to this. And now George Klyavkov, I, I think I don't think he should put out a statement. I, I told you what he needs to do. Like Aria, Javier's jalapeno margarita, chips and salsa, fetal position. Like that in that order, that's, that's what I would do if I were him, but you have to imagine if like a commissioner just said like, I quit or I lost you a scene, UCLA, I quit. Yeah. 
and and the His ACC would be fine, I think. The ACC was the, the uh, you know had its own death match with the Big East, and right it took, and won and won. It took Virginia Tech, Miami, and Boston College mm-hmm. wanted Syracuse mm-hmm. at the time. Then when that was starting to fade, then it took Syracuse and Pitt. So yeah, there's really no room to to cry about. It. And then part of the reason why Maryland is in the Big Ten is because when everything was going on with Penn State and Jerry Sandusky, they went after Penn State, and I think there was a little bit of vengeance and Jim Delaney to say, all right, well, we're going to take your, one of your charter members then. And which is why they propped up Maryland and Maryland still owes the big 10, $120 million. It borrowed up to the point of being a vested member for its first six years until it became a vested member. It's about to be able to make those debt payments when the new TV money starts rolling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, say, I think they'll be fine in the long run. In the long run. Yeah. Yeah, man. This is, I just thought I was going to drive to a high school football field and just watch some recruits today, guys. I was on vacation. Are you going to talk to Malachi about playing in the Big Ten? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try. <laughs> Max and like I were the... going to be talking about the 2009 Big 12 championship game today. We were going to be doing a rewatch party episode. We were so excited. It was going to be brilliant. It was going to be so much oh, fun. Man. And here we are. It, it, was, but, it was simpler times, Andy. It was 2009. Three hours ago. <laughs> and it was, uh, yeah, it was a 2009 game in which we were going to talk about a, a conference title game uh, between Big 12 members, Texas and Nebraska. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, months later, Nebraska would meet with – or soon after, Nebraska would like meet with Like a month Jim later, they're meeting with Jim Delaney, yeah. We would, we would set all this craziness in motion, you know. Yeah, this it's is one, one of these days. One of these days, the day will go according to plan. So Mac Brown so waving his finger. One too much. Too much concern about the ACC's deal to 2036. ESPN owns the ACC and the SEC. They could rearrange things any way they want. Not exactly because if you're North Carolina or Virginia and you you would be headed to the to the Big Ten, you're not worried about how they get rearranged in the ACC and the SEC. So that's the. That's the weird part of this. That, that, that is a legitimate concern, and we don't know how that's going to shake out. We have no idea if that thing got challenged, what would happen, or if there would be enough schools that wanted to be left in the ACC to challenge it. Well, and there, you know, God, there's like so many. I was going to bring up like there's so many levels to this story now that like I don't even really know if I have the bandwidth to like engage in the whole like what does this mean for ESPN and Fox and all that Andy but you think that dynamic has changed now too well suddenly you have more inventory in the Big 10 and you're about to do a TV deal yeah like do you add cuz and we say... knew obviously the Big 10 deal had reached a certain juncture in terms of mm-hmm. uh you know Fox getting a significant Most part of, of it stuff. yeah yeah so if you're Fox you no longer have to pay for the Pac 12 now, mm-hmm. maybe you're paying for the Big 12 and getting what's, you know, what the good of what's left of the Pac-12, but you don't have to pay for the Pac-12 anymore. So mm-hmm. you, you can pay the Big 10 that. And also, you know, we, we, the assumption was it was going to be a split between Fox and ESPN. But now you can add a third or fourth package because you have so much inventory. And do you do you throw a package at CBS or NBC? Do you throw a package at Apple TV Plus or Amazon Prime? Like a one game a week package? Why not? I mean, the, the, the options are limitless at this point. Depending on where it, whether the Big Ten flips the coin and goes with CBS or NBC, if it's NBC or if NBC is left out, 
and the Big 12 grabs those four mountain area schools, and then you have BYU and Texas schools in there. That's a perfect night to end with uh, after Notre Dame. You could play Arizona mm-hmm. at night against Utah or Texas Tech yep. or whatever. So, you know, I, the Klyovkov is, is in really a dangerous situation because if you're left with Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, and Washington State after this, uh, I don't even know what you do at that point. I mean, the biggest issue I think here is I'm afraid there aren't going to be very many games to kick off at 11 Eastern that have over-unders of 77. So, like, that's that. <laughs> so, like, let's hope that, that they figure out a way to preserve that's, that. Because you remember, it's not that long ago that there was this whole big noon kickoff issue and all the certain schools just being like, hell no, we're not doing that. Now we know when USC and UCLA will be doing big noon kickoff when they're in Columbus and Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oregon had to do it last year. Uh, and one, so and one, uh, yeah, without some of their best players. So didn't that feel like a long time ago, Ari? Uh, we have we haven't think about everything that's the... changed in my life since then. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked about the games yet. Like, God, you're right. USC, Michigan's a conference game. Somebody texted me. Somebody texted me a tweet that that got sent out a couple hours ago by some guy named Harrison. We're two years away from Lincoln Riley blaming a six-hour plane ride for a 20 to 13 Friday night loss on the road to Rutgers. Totally. Oh, Has man. USC like 0 and 17 in their last 17 Friday night games, by the way? That's, I, well, they're always getting sent to games. Pullman. Landis it's tweeted that thank God. Or Corvallis the- on a Friday. The Big Ten finally has good fish tacos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Big Ten Media God. Day in Las Vegas. There's a lot of there's a lot of a uh, a lot of. But like, Scott, what's how, the be- how, like? How is that going to play among the Big Ten members? You think, Scott? Going to California. Like, I mean, obviously, you're you're only talking about USC and UCLA playing. Uh, what do you think? Four, four home, four or five home games a year. Yeah, four or five if they continue the nine. So. In conference play. So, so you know, in terms of how they rotate, who makes up those four to five? It's really going to depend on how they, they go Maybe about it. Maybe they keep it. expanding, right? Maybe yeah. that kind of solves the, the question a little bit if you've got yeah. more West Coast schools. Yeah, I mean, if there's 18 schools then in the Big Ten, you know, how do you, you do the rotations or whatever? Do you pick, you know, everybody get three rivals and then just kind of cycle through? everybody else uh you know i think if i if there's one school to me max you could tell me more but i think nebraska would be really excited about this because uh you know nebraska has been an odd fit to some extent in the big 10 they've made some inroads with maybe iowa and wisconsin as being semi-rivals but now there there is a more of a connection there's the calabrasca recruiting that they've so wanted to to get a part of that didn't really work but still but i mean got a guy fired but yeah keep going yeah, <laughs> but they played these teams before a non-conference action. Um, so yeah. I, I don't know. I think you know maybe Nebraska decides, hey, we'll sign me up for a uh, annual rivalry per se with UCLA or USC or even both, and where you're playing in California every year, and uh, then that loosens up a, a Minnesota to play somebody else with more regularity, and maybe it's just Iowa on Black Friday that's the so, one they play every year. Yeah, Nebraska has done home and homes with. Um, both. In the last 20 years, they've done home and homes with USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon. And I'm, I'm probably forgetting more. So, yeah, I'm sure they're fine with it. Do do equipment bus drivers like have to leave on Tuesday? 
Yes. That, they, Dude, that, yeah, price of gas better be different in 24, yeah, huh? I was going to say, it is a... The Big Ten will be able to afford all that diesel. It's uh, a 41-hour <laughs> drive from L.A. to Piscataway, uh, 2,754 <laughs> <Lord>. miles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> throw it all in the Dreamliner. Uh, yeah. Eric Decker asks, can we call the USC versus Michigan State game the battle for Greece? So you've got the Trojans versus the Spartans, uh, both of which famously lost. <laughs> I mean, the Spartans put up a hell of a fight, but they lost, yeah. and the Trojans got tricked, and they lost. So, now, are, do you think, do you think Michigan State should recruit in California more? <laughs> patronizing me. <laughs> That's a trap. I'm just like, yeah, you. we haven't even talked about recruiting once. <laughs> okay, well, there will be a time and place for it. I just let's well, no, let's talk about it now because I listen. If I'm in, if I'm any school in the SEC or the Big Ten. All I'm saying at this point is, if I if I feel like I'm I'm at least threatened at all by an ACC school or a Big Twelve school or Pac twelve school, why in the world would you go there? Those leagues are falling apart. Do you think it's gonna be harder for? It's already hard. Obviously, it's already hard. Is it gonna be harder for the for the California kids to want to stay home? Oh, I think they probably want to go now to USC or to USC or UCLA. If you're going to be playing in Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, playing yeah. in some impactful games rather than going to Corvallis or Pullman or or wherever, and they're going to be on TV, they're going you're to be still on, going to West Lafayette, Scott. Although that's not a place I'd want to go this year, particularly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can tell you that there's some spats going on between the, the black and golds of the world in that one. But anyway, the you know, yeah, you're going to go to champagne once in a while but you're still gonna ha have uh, more viewers than you do you know playing at 9 30 on a saturday night on fs1 and how much worse is the trip to uh <laughs> to west lafayette than it would be to go to pullman anyway what's an extra hour on a plane but you're still in the middle of nowhere yeah you're just going you know you're just east. going in a different direction maybe right. a little bit further but you know and you might see some cool drew Brees related memorabilia instead of some there is My nothing Lee's better than driving. You know what? Memorabilia. The, truth I don't is, know. the truth is they'll recruit better because they'll be in the league that makes all the money. Right. It's yeah. a simple. That's probably the truth. Yeah, and, and I do think this probably makes USC a more attractive destination. What it, UCLA, though, I mean, they're not exactly lighting the world on fire in the Pac-12. Now they face tougher competition in the Big Ten. Now, I, I, UCLA has never seemed to be that concerned with whether they're incredibly successful in football. So I don't know if that matters to them. But this definitely is an interesting one because they are in a good place. They're going to be making a lot more money now. You know, they, they've had their financial issues. Under Armour bailed on their deal with them and uh, they had to deal with all that stuff. Yeah. Now they're going to be getting a pretty steady paycheck. Does that elevate them as a football program or do they just kind of stay right where they are? I think you look at Maryland as the example. Maryland's had the same type of financial issues and is in a populated area. And if they have the right coach and they're in Southern California, and now if, the, if especially if Oregon and Washington don't join the Big Ten, then I think it has a chance to separate itself in California because USC not only recruits California, but more nationally. They could be more of the California recruiting giant. And I think that they would be, they would be in great shape. And then I know this is primarily a football issue, but you know, the, the hardwood poly pavilion and, and Indiana basketball and some of the other teams that would be, that would be awfully fascinating as well. 
Well, this, it, this is hard to forecast, obviously, and probably futile. But like Scott, do you think that the Big Ten would just move on to making its next deal? You know what I mean? Whether it's the next Pac-12 schools or the Big Ten, or like, do you think this will settle down for a little bit, or do you think Big Ten's like, should we just continue to operate like this ain't over anytime soon for the Big Ten? I think right now you press, the, you put the foot on the gas and go. Yeah. If and that means call Jack Swarbrick, that's call, uh, you know, Phil Knight you know, the owner at, at Oregon, <laughs> you know, Washington, everybody, you know, just say, what can you do? You know, make 51 seconds ago, John Wilner, who originally broke the UCLA USC story, tweeted, source, don't assume the Big Ten is done. And we're not assuming that. No, Oregon, we're Washington, we're watching you very closely. Mm-hmm. We're, I'm doing the, the I'm pointing yeah. at my eyes and then pointing at you guys thing. Uh, this, this podcast may or may not make it up tomorrow morning. We'll see if it's it's still the the podcast for Friday uh, when it when it comes so you out. You better because... hit publish on this. We got to wrap this and hit publish as soon yeah. as possible before Let's it's all totally yeah. Before yeah. it's all yeah. totally wrong. This this know? feels like a very good time to wrap things up. This may not be the only one of these we do today. I'm mm-hmm. just gonna say it right now. Like I don't know about you guys. I know we all have to go talk to some people, do some writing, that sort of thing. I may be seeing a couple of you again. Just just saying. Big Ten after bar- after dark, baby. That's right. Guys, it's going to be a, uh, a wild next few days. Happy college football offseason. season.